Recording. Welcome to another episode of Tom and Jack having the crack. It's just us two this week. We're going to be going through a bit of the news, a bit of the news from the week, and we've both had interesting weeks ourselves. You all right, pal? Not too bad. Yeah, you're t- you were telling me in the messages there you had a gig last. F- f- oh f- my god! What happened? It was an absolutely hell gig. I mean, <laughs> How? So I was away, first. First of all, it was away in Temple Coombe. It's like a three-hour. Where's that? West Country, Somerset. Jeez. Like D- you, you went there yesterday. No, this was last. It was last Saturday. Okay. Yeah, unreal. So it was a good corporate gig. It was for someone's birthday party. Oh Jesus Christ! I don't know how you do these. And, and I keep <laughs> and every one of them I do. I keep telling them they ask for like they they want you for an hour. I was like, you don't. No one wants to hear. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to hear anyone outside of like Jimmy Carr. Ricky Gervais do like an hour at a birthday party. Like you just don't want it. You, 45 minutes, half an hour, that's probably what you want. No, you want it for now. Okay. Then they said, I want to put you on at 10 o'clock. At night? Yeah. And I was like, that's ridiculous. What time does the function start? Five. It's like, so they're going to be drinking from five till 10 in deep Somerset, and you want to put me on unannounced at 10 o'clock? She said, yeah, it'd be a fun surprise. I was like, it won't, but okay, fair enough. And I said to her, look, I think the, be- the way these usually work the best is if you give me some info on the family and this and that and da da da, and I'll write some jokes and you know, be like, this is your life type thing, and then I'll do my material at the end. So yeah, sure, fine. Got there and it was absolute bedlam. So it was the end of the Liverpool, I don't know, Liverpool playing. For some reason, half of the Liverpool fans, it was absolutely bedlam. There's kids screaming everywhere. She's fine. Like that's like that's how I grew up as well. It's yeah, n- nothing wrong with that. But I also know at that family function, the last thing anybody <laughs> wants. He's a no-name comedian. Sergi, can you imagine that, mate? Can you imagine just rocking up there, any sort of family event, and be like, right, here we are. No one wants a comedian at that time. No. Nobody. And everyone is pissed. Everyone's hammered. Yeah. Everyone's hammered. The, the, the six-year-olds are hammered. I got, I, I got heckled by a six-year-old. Yeah, go on. What happened? Halfway through. So <laughs> it, was this, it was this 60-year-old man's birthday, and I had some joke about a shed or something he'd built, and this girl went, it's not a shed. It's a garden shed. And I know that because he's my granddad. <laughs> Did she get a laugh? Yeah. Well, do you know what? Fair play. You were worth the money because that girl now is going to know the feeling of making a room full of people laugh. And she could be the next comedic superstar and she'd be like, well, this fella came to the family function. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So maybe it was worth their while spending the money on it. I mean, well, mate, you say that. So I'm not the worst part yet. So I, I, I tried some like interactive stuff with the crowd. Like I, I brought up some of his best mates. We did like a little game show with his best mates. This is when, and like that was all right, crack. That was that was okay. But only but at this point, I've done like twenty five minutes, and I and nobody is listening. No like, one. People are just talking, screaming, full volume so, to the point where the lady who booked me's daughter had to come up and be like, "Can you not not shut the fuck up?" To to the rest of the crowd, to the rest of the crowd, and everyone's like. I don't know, love. The football's on, to be honest with you. <laughs> and in front of the kids. In front of the kids. Oh, well. In front of the kids. And so you've got like four generations. Well, it's Somerset. could be nine generations for all I know. Like, scree- all like various stages of pissed off with me. Yeah. So I'm, in my head, I'm trying to do the nice thing. And I think, um, right, it's a guy's birthday party. I'm not here to try and win. Like, I'm not going to use... You've been watching too many of these TV shows about comedians having to endure bad gigs. <laughs> and you're just like, you don't need to do that. Mate, this is aggressive. This is the most Catholic part of my personality. I'm like... this. I need to be punished. I need to be punished. Yeah, this is my Pornhub search history. <laughs> these, are, these are the two most <laughs> Catholic things about me. So at that point, I'm like, I should cut this short because I don't want to ruin this guy's birthday. Yeah. So I said to the crowd, sort of jokingly, like, all right. So I was about to go into my material for the second sort of half an hour. And I was like, right, 
So I've just come back from New York. Does anyone want to hear some stories about New York? Or shall we wrap this up and just give Ian a good send-off? And of the, of the three people who are listening, I got a very aggressive, wrap it up. <laughs> so I was like, okay, here he is, Ian. And he did a very nice speech. And I chatted to the, I chatted to him afterwards. I chatted to the, his best mates who I brought up on stage, bought all them a drink. I thought I'd left it. You know, I knew it hadn't gone well, but I sort of thought I'd left on Jove, you know, decent yeah, enough terms. Yeah. They paid me and, you know, I left. Okay, it was you, yeah. Couple of days later, I get the angriest email. From I, one of them. From the daughter, yeah. The one who, who'd had to tell them to be quiet. I got the angriest email I've ever had in a professional comedy context. What's she saying? She was like, you've, uh, you ruined my dad's birthday. You ruined his retirement. We had to get you out of there quickly because people were so angry with you. I thought someone was going to hit you. Uh, it's a good job you didn't stick around afterwards. Um, I I could I could have paid um, one of the kids to do what you did. And wow. she's, and she's like, what are you going to do to make this right? Otherwise, I'm going to blast your name all over social. You are joking. No, not so joking. Did you respond? Yeah, I responded and we worked and we worked something out. I gave I basically gave, I gave her half the money back. I was like. This isn't worth it because well, it's pretty well paid. It's like this isn't. Are, worth are you going to keep doing them? Well, I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this happens to you guys, but when you have that type of gigs, your like protective comedian brain goes, uh, "Well, this gig would make me stronger." Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It's just like the excuse. That's all I'm thinking. Is like altitude training. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm imagining like a Rocky Mountain. I, I I've yeah. gone beyond that. I used to think like that, but now I'm like I don't delude myself with that anymore. <laughs> But I, I I used to go to a big company conference as a person who worked for a place and they used to get comedians, mm. good comedians, and they always die. And I remember thinking, I'll never do that. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen, like, good comedians die to 800 people. Oh, yeah. And and no one's paying attention. No, exactly. I, I think if I, if I do any more of them, the only reason I would do them is if, if it's like a dedicated thing. Like, if it's a golf dinner... Or something like that, and it's like we an want, award ceremony. Or we something. want you to yeah, MC yeah, the yeah. award ceremony. That's one thing, but just like come to our birthday and do stand up. <laughs> like the last, the last wedding I did was okay because they were nice people. Like, they were polite. You must be like on the way to those gigs. You're not terrified. Do you know what? It's a really interesting question. No, because I think that protective bit of your brain, like you said, kicked yeah. in, and you're like, I'm just training. I'm not playing a. I'm not playing a game. I'm yeah, just. Yeah, yeah. I'm just training. And my job is to be like to do my time. That's the one thing I regret about this gig is that in an effort to the human bit of my brain kicked in rather than the comedian bit of my brain. And I was like, well, if I was at this birthday party, I wouldn't want, you know, keep, yeah, going. keep going. Whereas I wish I'd just done my time because then I would have been like, I did my time. You paid for it. It's not my fault. That, you know. you're, you're just looking for those like, you know, there's that story of John Stewart where he was invited to, to do a, a birthday party in North London. Right. And um, it was like an old guy, old Jewish guy's birthday, and the guy didn't want to pay him and was fuming and blah, blah, blah. But the son was a friend of John Sears and books. And like, you know, the guy talks, posted about the story and saying, you know, like how successful John Stewart is now. But yep. he had, you, you're just like clocking <laughs> up that chapter of the, <laughs> chapter the biography. Of the <laughs> yeah. 100%. There was this one time in Temple Coom where I really <laughs> feel like. And if I ever got heckled by a six-year-old again, I'd know exactly what to do. But it, I, I, I get a little bit of that, like because adversity motivates me more than, mm. like, if I go, if I get rejected or I go somewhere and it doesn't go bad, like, it, it, it triggers something in me that's like I'll fucking show them, you know? Yeah, that's quite an interesting, interesting thing because I, I think generally speaking, I get more motivated by 
I was, like, I was reading that book again, I mean, the pressure principle mm. thing. I think generally, like in sport, we talk about this as well, that you can get motivated by success. And there's a, kind of like a myth around you learn from your mistakes and the mistakes are what drives you, but you can also just get better by succeeding at things and learning why you get good and success. I think in general terms, I buy into that. I don't know what it is with these corporate gigs. I think my therapist probably needs a call. About yeah, that. yeah. But it, but it could be, did you see the Michael Jordan documentary where he kept inventing? Yes. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. adversity. So I think there, there could be an element of, I, I, I definitely had that a couple of years ago in comedy mm. where I was very, I would throw myself into any kind of gig and I, I really had, oh, this will make me better. But now I'm actually like, no. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Because, because now I sort of, I'm, I'm in a different way in that um, I think I've got to, a, like, now the main thing I'm looking at at a gig that isn't a, a, a gig that can lead to any kind of progression is mm. new material. Like, what's the benefit I get out of it? And I don't, I think those gigs were beneficial to me, but I don't think they are now. Yeah, that makes complete, do you reckon that's because before you break through that barrier, you can, I, so I sometimes think like, well, what, what's, what, what would justify me being successful at this? And sometimes I think like struggling would justify. Well, I think they help you. Def I think they help you find who you're supposed to be on stage. Mm. And I think at the st like at the start, it you have to play around a lot to find out who you're meant to be on stage. And because they're so difficult, your instincts kick in and everything like that. There's a knee jerk reaction, and that kind of helps you find who you should be on stage. But I think after a while, like I I, I definitely feel now that. I know who I should be on stage. Mm. So I'm not really searching for that as much. I'm more now searching yeah. for, for material. So I don't see the, the, the benefit yeah. of the. But I do, I do think they definitely help it to start. And I remember I did an acting course, and one of the things they used to make everyone, there was a thing where they make you stand on a chair, mm. and everyone else in the class was told to stare at you and to go right up and to stare at you. And it's just, it's just getting comfortable with people looking at and I think those gigs are good for that yes you definitely know. definitely yeah. and being able to like stay calm stay calm under and pressure, not and yeah. not have that horrible like, remember when you first started and like if you forgot a line or a punctuation point the sweat and you yeah, start the panic. the panic yeah I think that's what I the whole time it was going so badly I was thinking well I'm not panicking I'm still thinking clearly this has got to be good for something like, it's got to be in like banking something somewhere. Well, we did a private gig for a group of West Ham United fans. Mm. Uh, oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I started singing a song. <laughs> I sang Molly Malone. You just hold out your heritage, laid out there. I, 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 there was one massive fella that they, they gave me all this information about them all to slag them off. Mm. Then I got up on stage and I was like, I didn't have the bravery to slag them off. I was just looking at them going, I'm not slagging these guys <laughs> off. But there was one guy that they said was the toughest guy. Like mm. He was actually quite sound. He'd been in jail and he looked huge. And I just sort of looked at him. He's in the front row and I was like, what will I do? And he goes, can you sing a song? <laughs> he said it. He suggested it. But that's what they want. I feel like when they hire you in these parties, they just want, they want to be the important one. Yes. And when you do stand-up, you are the important one. Yeah. I realized this because I used to do magic shows and they would hire me for these places. Mm. And... They, they would love it because I would ask for people to come with me on the stage and I would do the magic trick to them. So it would be the boss or so, like the funny one in the office or whatever. And they would love that because they were the important. Yes, they're the star. And it was about them. But if you just go and just talk about your like trip to New York, like your mom or whatever. Totally agree. 
they are like, I'm not the important one. What I have to pay it like to pay attention to this. So, compl- so yeah, I couldn't agree more. Which is what, which is why for this one, I t- I told her I was gonna write about them. Yeah, and I'd done all these like yeah, it's like wrote like PG thirteen family friendly kind of roast e jokes off like paper because I'd you know written that that week, and her but her big complaint was like, where was your where was your material? Where was your original material? And I kept trying to say to them, we disc- I, they don't want to hear it. Yeah. And I planned to do it, but I planned to do it after like 25 minutes of talking about them. It's just, it's so funny how like they don't know, they don't really know what they... What they don't know what to book in. No, no, they don't no know idea. What to book in, yeah. You're a magician, Sergi. I used to be. <laughs> Jeez, and you think you know someone, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Uh, and I, I thought it would be the same, like being on the stage doing magic than doing stand-up, but it's completely different. It's a, it's a yeah, very different, it's yeah. a different thing. What's the biggest difference? Um, you steal magic tricks. You buy them, you copy them from books. If you oh. steal a joke, you won't be no one. Yeah. You will be no one, sorry. Oh, yeah, that's um, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, that's basically the biggest thing. And also, you do a lot of crowd work doing magic. It's fine if they don't laugh. So mm. it's basically that. And but if you lose them, it's fine. What's your best trick? Like, were you good? Uh, I would make people fly and cut people in half, yeah. Fly? Yeah, 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 yeah. You said it so casual. That's, I'll just make that's a lot of, uh, something that a lot of people don't know here. I'll show you a video on it. Like the levitating, like the what's his name, Dynamo or whatever. He gets the, the yeah stuff like that. Yeah, Jesus and Christ. What what made you choose comedy over magic? Um, a new start, and also realized that I didn't like to do tricks that people that were not mine. And I realized that stand up, it's everything. Yeah, everything is mine. Yeah. So I was like, if it goes well, if it's because of me. If it goes bad, it's because of me. I relate to that. Yeah. I I like tried other creative thing. Well, it's like advertising or writing or acting and like. I, I agree. That was a big thing that drew me to stand up as well. It's mine. Like whether the, I'm bad at it, freedom, I'm good at it. Freedom, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just you. There's nobody else. There's no like you know you're not dependent on an assistant or a prop or yeah. anything. It's just your your stand up is very magician like because you you're the master to pull back and reveal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it's though. literally when I have to explain <laughs> someone uh, what I do, I'm just like it's misdirection and it's like magic. I think yeah. you say, I thought you say like he's like a magician because people disappear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the love disappears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Do you, like, do you ever incorporate into your comedy? Do you ever like use a bit of? I thought about it, and I always said that my mom wishes I would do that because yeah. she. Because when I was, I have to say, it's been like ten years already, and I mm. can say now I was really good. Yeah. Um, and my mom was still believes that I will do it yeah. again. I just don't want to. Cause you know that's how yeah. that's how Steve Martin started, wasn't it? Um, Steve Martin was like oh. a, a sort of magic variety. No, I read his book. Not really. I thought it was like he no. was like tr- he was like sort of trickery and in that sort of thing. Cause Steve, Steve Martin is a crazy person. Well, but, like when he started Dis- <laughs> when, he, when he started when he started Disneyland, that's what he was big into, wasn't he? he was no, big, his his, into... his whole thing was it's 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 a very simple idea. It's, it's it, there's a lot of cleverness to it, but it's also a bit crazy. Was uh, he he said the comedy was you build tension and you break the tension. Yeah, and the punchline breaks the tension. And he believed if you kept building tension, it would have to break even if you didn't break it. Mm-hmm. So he basically did balloon. setups, no punchlines. Yeah. yeah, so he did the balloon. Like, so the, yeah. the, there's no, it wasn't magic. He was just constantly building tension on the basis yeah. that it would have to break at some point. Yeah. And he basically said for 10 years, no one laughed. Yeah. And then suddenly everyone laughed. Oh yeah, totally. Sorry, I was, I was probably in his stand-up. Yeah, no, I was more thinking his, his his origin was he started in a magic shop in Disneyland. In Disney, yeah, but I don't think, I don't think he was doing magic though. on stage. It, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. But I, I think, think, but I think that parallel is very interesting though because 
with a trick, I mean, you'd know better than us, but I, I would have thought with a trick, the one of the biggest things going for you in terms of misdirecting attention is that tension. Like, will they get yeah. out of the, you know, I've sawn her in half, will they get back together I again? I think you, you, an hour show you could bring it in, but I, I, I wouldn't do magic in a 20-minute club set. No. Well, no. No, because well, they, they don't hire you for that. No. Like, no. if it's a club, no. <clears throat> yeah. they want comedy. Uh, I, I, an hour show... You could do like the rope thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you can do lots of things with yeah. ropes. Yeah, it's really yeah. Cool. It's first, that's interesting actually, because I think like you know, so there's like one or two guys you see. Some who's the who's the guy at the store who does like the musical stuff, do like the, the loop pedals and things. Ah, there's lot. Well, the, the, the Rob Daring. That's it. Is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. There's, there's, there's a few. Oh yeah, but he yeah he's like that's like magic. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm, yeah, like, yeah. every now and then there's like one or two people who can really pull off something in a bit yeah. of a shorter format. But it's very it's very concentrated. It's basically one conceit. So his thing is like the loop pedal. The loop, playing, yeah, yeah. He's playing with the loop. He's not taking you through lots of different tricks and conceits and stuff. It's like, just keep hammering this loop pedal thing. Yeah, well, uh, my, my, friend, my friends is at KMC, <laughs> they were like, yeah, he was very good, but he's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's, it's, it's mental, isn't it? <laughs> I remember that night. What, what a shitty way to be like, you were good, but he's he's, a he's on a different level. <laughs> I mean, your little funny dick jokes, okay, but this guy, it's like Mozart with a feedback pedal. It is, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dizzy Rascal is all the Dizzy Rascal song. Yeah. So you, like, we've all been there, but Sergi obviously followed through in it. Like, we've all watched Paul Daniels, and then for, like, two hours, we're going to train up to be a magician, and then yeah. two hours later, it's like, Yeah. I've given yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I have the patience for that. To learn it. The, well, like the dexterity of like just sticking with a trick and just sticking with how it can be pulled off properly. And It depends on the type of magic you do. I always said that the guys that do close-up magic are real magicians. Right. And close, the, okay. Yeah, and the guys that do stage magic like me are fake magicians. Because ah. uh, you don't need as much practice unless you do like tricks with where you like manipulate cards and like make them appear from your hands. I don't know how this, the house mm. name in, in English, but uh, unless you do this, doing stage magic is the easiest, it's very easy. So what do you, you were watching, you just saw some, a magician one time and thought, I'm gonna- It's a beautiful story, like my nan took me to, uh, like to see my favorite magician. Uh, I got picked uh, from the, the crowd and they, they, he made me fly. And then the day after, she took me to a magic shop, shop bought me like a big box of tricks, mm. did them in front of my family. I have a huge family, so every auntie and uncle gave me five quid. And I went back to the magic shop, bought more tricks. I prepared 30 minutes. I did it one day, someone <laughs> hired me for like a birthday party. And I just had an hour. It's like it's easier to have an hour doing magic. magic. That's amazing. Yeah. Britain's Got yeah. Talent, you never thought of doing that? I, I was in the final of Spain's Got Talent. Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus Christ, you think yeah. you know somebody? <laughs> Is that the first time that I like say this something in the podcast or something? Because uh, usually it's just something that I'm not, I've never heard of it, but I just like. No. So you were in the, and, and you did comedy, you started comedy after that? Uh, I started comedy after that, yeah. Oh my God. So you were like, you were doing like open mic to 10 people. Yeah. Do these people not know who I yeah. am? <laughs> but I can uh, make you all vanish. I think uh, like small rooms <laughs> is where, where you really see uh, like what your stuff is. Yeah. I've done gigs. Like my biggest gig was in front of 10,000 people in Barcelona, like in a huge venue. Uh, uh, wow. Street, doing magic there. Um, and you don't feel like you just do your thing and leave. Mm. There is nothing. It's sometimes it's better like smaller rooms than that. 
That's amazing. You, you, would you be able to use the magic to build a following to sell tickets to stand up? You ever... That's what I was thinking, yeah. Uh, uh, when I moved from Barcelona to here, I had like a huge Instagram and big following. I just deleted mm. everything and I moved. Uh, I wanted to start from zero. Mm. I, 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 can, I can see why you'd make that decision, but I can also see why you'd regret that afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't regret it. I yeah. have a huge Instagram and I just, I deleted it and like most of my friends really wanted to kill me. It was like... How many, how many people had you? How many followers? I had at that time like 15k. Yeah, it's not nothing. It's a work in progress show selling out, isn't it? Yeah. 100%. Uh, yeah, and I just, and to be honest, since I deleted it, I slept better. Yeah, yeah, After yeah, 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 it can be stressful. Yeah, yeah. I guess you, you've had the same thing of like, you sometimes hear guys who are on um, like PG 13 TV shows who do stand up, do like real, you know, proper stand up in the evenings. They sometimes say that like the people who their their fans would come to their shows and be like shocked by what they were doing. And I guess if you had a big magic following, then you weren't doing magic on stage. Yeah. People would be like, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but I still think if you're good, like, so I, my take on it is, He's slightly misleading them to bring them there, mm. but I think Sergey's so funny that no one would be aggrieved by it. I don't think anyone would leave yeah. watching him Unhappy. do comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, thank you. No, but <laughs> but like I know what you like. I I I do think if you're good enough, and you, I do think if you mislead people into your show, mm-hmm. and you're not good, mm-hmm. they'll be pissed off. But I think if you're good, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And well, that's definitely the other side. And also if you want to be really, you know, you could have migrated slowly, done a few tricks, yeah. brought them in that way. Hmm. I mean it's fucking fair play and really brave just to start. Okay, so scratch. have you ever done stand up in Spain? Yeah. Oh you have? I did it in Spanish. I'd never done it in Catalan and Catalan is my first language. Oh mm-hmm. right. Uh but just in Spanish. Just a little bit. And then I moved here, did my set literally I translated my set from Spanish to English mm. and realized Spanish. Humor is really sexist and racist. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I remember. Like, oh, this word's in there a lot. <laughs> and is Catalan and, and Spanish are they similar? Is, is it a different language, but it's quite similar. It's quite similar, yeah. Though. It's uh, it's we have mm. some words that are very similar to Italian, mm. um, right. French. It's a very nice, a very beautiful language. <laughs> Catalonia. I've, yeah. I I find that interesting. That, when you've gone to different countries and done stand, the style, the set, where the center of gravity is of humor in different places is, is actually it's very, different. very different. Oh, definitely. Very different. And I think I'm lucky that I do one lines and it's punch back reveal because this works here and also when I was in New, when I went to New York, it worked, uh, it worked there. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I have very little enthusiasm to do comedy in order for, like I'm going to Rome now for a week and people yeah. are like, will you do it? I'd like, I'd, it never crossed my mind to look yeah. for a bigger. And even I'm not, there, I've no great urge to do, even do stand-up in Ireland. I've never gigged in Ireland. Uh, it's funny because we, we, I was, uh, did a gig with Sergio last week and there was an mm. Irish guy there and I asked him what was it like and he goes, oh, he goes, Irish audience are terrible. He said, you basically walk into a room where everybody thinks they're funnier than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I don't know if it happens to you, but like for me going to Barcelona is I'm going to see my family, my friends and I'm on holiday. Yeah. I don't mm. want to do comedy. Yeah, oh, that's exactly how I am, yeah. And, and it's... I never looked at Irish television or the Irish kind of scene and thought, I want to be a part oh, of that. But I always looked at British <laughs> comedy and was like, I want to be a part of that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I feel a bit uh, guilty if I go somewhere and I don't try and... Really? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I feel like, well, why, why not? I like, would try it, see what it feels like. 
You might you might get some new material out of just trying it. Try, yeah, I could I can see that, but I I, I it, it, certainly like so like when I go to Ireland, I I I just want to yeah spend time fun and and actually, when I go to Ireland, people give out to me for talking about comedy. Really? Oh yeah, like, yeah. like your friends and family. Yeah, yeah. Like what yeah. sort of stuff? I went. I was in a pub one time, and and a friend of mine went to the toilet, and he came back, and he goes, he, a new friend had joined us, and he goes, you're not talking about comedy, and I said, sorry, and he goes, twenty minutes. You can talk about it for the next twenty, and then if you mention it once more, I'm going home. Really? <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> that'll keep you grounded. <laughs> yeah, it will. It's funny because I think uh, Northern Engl- Northern England's a bit like not as aggressive as that, but yeah. a bit similar. Like I, I never bring it up around my home friend. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll ask me one question: How's it going? And I'll just say it's going all right. And then that's it. And that's it. That's the end yeah, of the conversation. Yeah. And then all they want to talk about is golf and yeah, for, yeah, sport. Sport would be a big thing to talk about. Or like, they're just far more interested in what's going on in the town than anywhere else. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. But I like that too. Once you get get into the conversation, yeah. But I can handle it for a couple of days. If I, if I, if I stay any longer than a week, I get a. I don't know if you've had this. I get a sense of like what my life would have been like if I never left. I don't really get that. I went back, you know. I went back and lived in the town I'm from for six years after I finished university. Right. That, and that, honest, honestly, if I had met a nice girl, you reckon I'd have stayed? Yeah, I I would quite. I like. I don't think that, I quite like that life. Like I do, I don't yeah. think that, I certainly don't think there's anything wrong. And I actually think you know I'm from a small town where you know how maybe more than half. Maybe 70 percent of the people I grew up with left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the ones who stayed are, the, are like the soundest. They're the nice. They're pretty much the nicest. Like that's interesting. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's just not for me. It's not for me. Yeah, yeah. I would have the, the lack of freedom would have like been hard for me to deal with. Uh, my friendship group isn't like that. The ones who who've gone back, they have a real like longing that they didn't do something else. There's one lad who's pretty content with his sort of yeah. life. The the other three are like very much. What are you doing? Where are you going? Oh yeah, What's... yeah. I think Ireland's far, far more family, like fa- like ambition and all that is, is kind of looked down on it. Like mm. family is more, and I, I I actually think you know having a nice house and a nice family is actually better than anything yeah. else. I just <laughs> I yeah. didn't I didn't I didn't choose not to do it. I was like, <laughs> don't think I can pull this off. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is not a trick I've got in my locker at this stage. <laughs> um, yeah, no. That's a. Do, do you ever think about like it, if you would always stay in London as your base for comedy? Like, would you be open to like having a house, a nice house somewhere, and just? Oh yeah, yeah. I definitely. Yeah, I'd be open. I'd be open to go anywhere. I think. Um, I do think after a while, I do think if you can get to a certain level of where you have good networks mm. and you're good. I do think you can live anywhere, and I, and yeah. I yeah, and I do think I I hope to get there and then mo- actually move somewhere more affordable. Yeah, I think about that a lot. Yeah, I, I think like if um if I ever if you get ever got to a point where you could you get you know touring was easy enough and you getting booked around like why not be in Leeds or why not be in York? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I'd say the, probably the the best place probably to live is is a, a small town an hour north of London that's affordable. Like that's probably the best place to be for comedy. Like if you get to a, a certain level of competence. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. You just dip in for your shows, and then it's easy. Yeah, your weekend. Yeah, and drive around for the weekend. Like, yeah. Um, I'm definitely looking at doing. I, I, I absolutely want to do more shows in the north, in the Midlands, in the mm. north. I do. I do think it's a double-edged sword. Like, because I do love the London thing, and I do love the the you know how people are very 
culturally tuned in mm. and i do think there's 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 things you can do here creatively yeah 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 um that uh, i think that the audience is a bit more receptive to it. but then i do also like the outside london i do think there's a bit more just give us the crack so yeah do you know what i mean like i agree like and having that balance and having the ba- and i think yeah. i think a mix of both is uh, is is I do think there's a slight difference, like oh, hundred percent. And then yeah. I think you get little sub communities around the country. Like if you, you know, like, um, certain rooms like in Leeds and Manchester or Liverpool are very like give us the crack. But yeah. some rooms are like pretty comedy literate, yeah, and yeah. are actually quite interested in more like what you think of like Londony sort of issues or maybe just like concepts. Um, so I think I think you can you can find it where the, the, and the internet's been great for that. The little pockets, little communities will pop up oh. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And you can still find that. There's art. From... There's art centers everywhere. That well, that's the whole Stuart Lee thing. He went. He went around the country doing the kind of arty centers, yeah. rather than the the drinking clubs. Um, anytime you talk to any comedian who's who's left London, though, they always say they wish there was more gigs where they were. But it, but it, you get that in London. Everyone wishes there was more gigs. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I wish that every high street had an <laughs> arena, a comedy <laughs> arena that sold out every night of the week. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if we could just make that happen. Why isn't it like the Premier League? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. four, four arenas a weekend. For 50 grand a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> have you have you seen anything about that Colleen Rooney? The, why, yeah, yeah, why get a Christie? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What um, do you... I've, I've no I've no idea what's happening. I just saw the headline. Oh, so, so the, the story is great. Like the story is basically she was in a WhatsApp group with other footballers, footballers' wives. <laughs> All right, good. And um, she she was you know she they were close friends or whatever, and she was saying so, and she started to notice that every time she said anything, it would end up in the paper. So then what she did was she she created a system. She she is like I have a lot of respect. She's smart as anything. Like honestly, is, it, is, is, is this Colleen or Becky? Colleen? Colleen Colleen is like I, the more you know about her, like the more admirable she is. Like yeah. she is really smart. So she basically set up a system where she would tell a story, but she would mute it so only one person in the group would hear the story. Wow! And she'd see if it was leaked. And she did a story, and only one person in the group got the story, which was. Rebecca Vardy. Rebecca Vardy, and it was in the paper. So then she was able to be like, "You're the one." That's like some story. Game of Thrones shit. Yeah, yeah, it's smart. Yeah, like, but if you watch the Wayne Rooney documentary, like, she's um, she comes across very well. Like, he comes across very well too. Like, they're very realistic, smart people. Like, which kind of, I mean, when you've been famous since you were seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine on the spotlight. And, and the, two, the two of them are, yeah, yeah, the, and, yeah. The, and the two of them have been through, like, you know, they've really been through it, like, yeah. and and. They've completely held themselves together. Yeah. Like, and they, they, they definitely seem to have a strong, like you look at the comparison compared to like, like the, the media destroyed Gaza. Mm. Now maybe he was probably damaged too, but like they absolutely destroyed him. But the two of them, like Wayne and Colleen, mm. uh, like when I probably went through worse and survived it. And obviously they, you know, he, he, he had the thing where he was outed on, you know, he slept with the prostitute, and, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it's true, and they, they talked about it, and they, you know, they kept their marriage going. I, I find that very admirable. Yeah, it, sh- it definitely shows a degree of... Um, maturity. Maturity yeah. and yeah. open-mindedness. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, like, you could look at it cynically and be like, you were just, you're staying together for the... No, but he, when you see them, you're like, it's it's just not. Like, you know, their two families are very close. They're, they're mm. very suited for each other. Like, you know, they were able to look at it and go, listen... 
you're young, you're rich, you were in an environment, you know, you were drinking, like, it's just, yeah. just smart. Just yeah. fucking smart, like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it, it, it's interesting, because I, I actually had a very similar chat to a friend recently who she found out her boyfriend had been... Cheating. Not Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, no, it wasn't cheating. She found out that before they were together, he'd slept with prostitutes. Right. And she um, was like, what do I, you know, what do I do about that? Do I? And I was like, well, you know, yeah. It's before you got together. She said, like, well, how can I trust him now? And it's quite. She had quite a. She was unsure of how to process it. How to process it morally. Yeah. yeah. So I can't imagine how it feels when you're actually in a relationship. In it and, and happened. So their their whole take on it was uh, that he was someone who. If he's he 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 can't trust himself, like if he's drinking mm. with the Alex Ferguson had said you couldn't keep him. Did, did, have you ever seen that no. quote, Alex? Because he he craves adrenaline and excitement, yeah. and he just needs to he he just needs to be in certain environments. Like certain environments are just bad for him. But it, that like it's fucking smart. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you can <laughs> laugh at it all you want, but like you know there there's there's environments that aren't good for us, and and Not they're like us, smart yeah. enough to go and now. You you wonder have they had like high level professional counselling or That's whatever? What I was because thinking. it because it's 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 very yeah mature and smart way of thinking. It feels like it's like Hollywood a a level you know a yeah like, you know couple shit where they're like this is more you know there's there's other ways of looking at this situation than yeah. just the bourgeois morality of like any suburb. Well, that that uh, that guy Stephen Peters has that whole thing about relationships. He says that no one has the right to tell someone else how to behave, mm. but you always have the right to leave the relationship. And right. he said that's the big thing that people forget. So if you're not choosing to leave, then... Yeah, a lot of people think they can't leave the relationship, but they do think they have the right to tell the other person how mm. to behave. And he's like, you don't have the right to tell anyone how to behave, but you do have the right to leave at any time. Yeah, 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 which makes sense. It's kind of like a comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to enjoy yourself. <laughs> well, you can always leave. You, you can, can always leave. Yeah, you'd have to like scream and get upset. You can just. So the case, anyway. So what? So how the case is working is, she Rebecca Vardy is suing Colleen now for libel, right? Because Colleen publicly said she was the one leaking the stories. Mm. Uh, so Colleen has to prove the the onus is on Colleen to prove that Rebecca was leaking the stories. Right, right, right. Or that it was in the public interest to state publicly that she was leaking the stories. But she has no concrete evidence. So, But the, her lawyers believe that the circumstantial evidence will be so mm -hmm. strong. And like, Rebecca Vardy comes across a bit fucking dumb, like, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. she's basically saying she did leak stories about footballers yeah. but that doesn't mean she leaked this do you know <laughs> what I mean yeah this is going to end up being like that Vicky Pollard sketch like no but whatever. yeah oh, no, oh, yeah, that, no no did I though did I though that's very what it's like yeah. and, and her agent's phone fell in the North Sea <laughs> <laughs> genuinely yeah go up in court <laughs> fell off a boat in the North Sea so they couldn't <laughs> couldn't be analysed for evidence uh <laughs> And, and you heard the other the one that came out was um, she <laughs> she once stole uh, Rebecca Vardy before she was with Jimmy Vardy yeah. she sold the story to the tabloids where she slept with Peter Andre and she said he had a small dick and he's come out to say he doesn't have a small dick <laughs> I'd like to join this suit I'd like to join this libel suit please I'm team Colleen <laughs> 
I think, you know, which actually adds another magical element to it. Like, you know, you know, Pete, see the news, it's like, and he, he's like, I got to tell people. No, you don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just don't. No, you don't. Just, you don't have to say anything. No, so, no, nah, nah, I'm going to nah, fucking. It was 20 years ago, Pete. No one cares. You got four kids, Pete. There must be a tabloid journalist ringing him up going, <laughs> We need a picture. Prove it, prove it. The only way you're going to nip this in the bud is photographical evidence. Oh, my God. Doesn't that's, That is a great example of the fragility of the male ego. Like 20 oh, years geez. later, you've just still got to get in there with. Not that small, mate. You, you centimetres, man. You centimetres. I, I don't know why I was thinking about this line. I watched, you know, I seen a Batman movie recently. I, 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 I don't, yeah, the new one. I don't normally watch those kind of movies, but like they can all be, <laughs> they can all superhero movies are basically like the message is just never underestimate the ego of the humiliation. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's just like weak, nerdy little man going, if people knew the anger that boils inside me. <laughs> well, I think if you're a London comic, you must see the last Batman movie because half of the comedy circuit is there. Oh, yeah. It makes, yeah. They, like, there's a lot of that in comedy, isn't yeah. there, too? Like, what do you mean? Do you have a lot of comedians in the, the last Batman movie? No, no. You're, I, there's a new one since then. You're thinking of the Heath Ledger Joker one. No, the last Batman. Yeah, there's who's no... it? Who's who's? Oh, oh yeah, there's two comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three. Ed Kerr, Ed Kerr and Janine. And and there is another one that I don't know his name, but there, I I've seen him around in the London circuit as well. Ed Kerr, Ed yeah, Kerr, yeah, 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 yeah. Gee, like the, well, that was the main reason I actually went. <laughs> I think and, a lot of I, people I, went I, to just see yeah, comedians yeah, yeah. in the Batman and, movie. And I was like at the cinema, with, like in between two friends, going, I know her. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it was mad. It was mad to see people, you know. Yeah, but I didn't that. know that. And I went with my girlfriend, and I, suddenly just Janine showed up, and I was like, "Oh my god!" What? Mm. Yeah. And then Ed showed up, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And she couldn't believe me. Yeah, yeah. And they, they have like they're not just in a like they have a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, a couple of lines. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. I saw Janine though in Mad Men. Really? Um, is it Mad Men? I think it's Mad Men. There's an episode where one of the characters goes to um, a funeral home and she's the receptionist. Right, okay. And I remember, like, you know, it, it, it was filmed years ago. Yeah. But I remember I was just watching it going, fucking hell, that's Janine. You know? Yeah. So, it, I think it's interesting how, like, lots of comics at various levels can turn their hand to acting, but yeah. there's no way you can do it the other way around. Like, Act, even when actors try and play stand-ups, yeah, but it, but but I think Janine and a couple of they were actors first. Yeah, I yeah, th they yeah, both yeah, of yeah, both yeah. of them they were. Yeah, actors. Andrew was actors as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. they met. I think they met in drama school. Is and there's a good few. There's a good few comics who were did acting first. I did acting first. I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. I didn't. Want, I never want, like set out to be. I indirectly did comedy because I did an acting course mm. and and liked the acting, and actually. You know, if money and everything was, you know, I think I'd choose acting over. Really? Yeah, yeah. Ah, sure, I'm a messed up person. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'd love to be like a real serious Shakespearean actor. And and even when I was doing radio, I wanted to interview like academics and stuff. I want to mm. do like real serious stuff. And everyone's like, nah. Do you know what I mean? Do funny stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like that fragile ego going, I'm a serious. 
serious person. <laughs> and I was like, you're so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think actors doing comedy, it works in the UK. It doesn't work in, in the America. States. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. well, it, it, it's all opinions in it. Like Tommy Tiernan said, if America, it, you know, they're more interested in your opinions than you saying something funny. Yeah, but also I think especially in LA, they, they just want the attention. They just want the stage time and they want to be seen. Yeah. Instead of like mm. just doing it for the craft and just trying to write That's good true. jokes and, and everything. So yeah. That's the feeling I had in, in the States. Safe. I was just in, in New York, but I've heard that in LA. Uh, that makes worse. a lot of sense, actually, because now, now that you're saying it, if you've trained as a theater, when, when you train as an actor in, in Britain or Ireland, Ireland, you train as a theater actor. Mm. So you, mm. you're interrogating text, you're looking at writing, intention, you probably got a bit more of a thought process going on why the text is the way it is and how the mm -hmm. character performed, which probably d does translate to stand-up a bit better than if you just come through commercials just doing like yeah. Coca-Cola auditions and someone goes, get that guy in, you know, Grey's Anatomy or whatever. Probably haven't had the same artistic journey that hmm. is easy to flip around. Because I, I, I agree, any LA comic, and Kate was saying this last week, wasn't she? Like any LA comic you've, you encounter, mostly, they're up there for the attention and they're not really even trying to deliver jokes, they're just trying to get to points yeah. That people can go, yes, I agree with that. It's very different. The more self-absorbed, um, is it? Would that be more self-absorbed? And also this, this sense of like, I'm right. I have, a, I, I'm saying something that's correct. Yeah. Rather than saying something that's funny. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. a priority, which is like a strange thing to watch. Yeah. I've, I've read a couple of books about the, like it, it, the, the evolution of American stand-up is slightly different than the evolution of mm. British because British stand-up comes from the theatre. Yeah. And it comes from the comedians used to kind of fill in between the variety acts and the magicians and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. it's come from a slightly different place. Yeah. American, it com all comes out of vaudeville, isn't it, in America? And like yeah, vaudeville and jazz. Mm. They used to talk before the, in between the jazz and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah you're you open for a band. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was actually because I read a book about it because I was very interested. And it was uh, everything started after the musicals, people in Broadway would they wanted to watch something else. So they would go mm. to a, a pub and they what? would have a stand up there. And that's how everything started. Started there. Yeah. Mm. Apparently the phrase stand up comes from some mob thing about if you would work one of our clubs, you're a stand up guy. Stand up, go away. Like apparently, yeah. So I read this book called The Comedians. And it's like a history of American comedy. And apparently they were like, because they were all quite shady venues and they were all yeah. quite like, like you say, a pub afterwards. He's a stand-up guy. He's a stand-up guy. Like, he won't complain. He won't like, you know, tell about getting paid in cash or won't say anything about what he sees going on here. He's a stand-up guy. He can come in and that's smart. Work it? a club. Yeah, that's cool. Actually, yeah. it is cool. Yeah, yeah. I, the and the origins of it, like that, everyone would just steal from everybody all the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was yeah. more like music. It was more like you were saying like magic. More like, mm. oh, that's the classic knock-knock joke. Well, that was, that was every. There's still a bit of that. That was everywhere though. Like Stuart Lee talks about that a lot. Like he jokes about writing a joke that can't be stolen. Like that's mm. in his show. It's very funny. But yeah, they said that the TV people used to go to comedy and just rob the jokes for the TV acts. Yeah, mm. yeah, big thing. Like people just sit in the back of the comedy cellar or whatever. And I think like, the the one-liner comedians still get robbed. You reckon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they do. Like mm. people like Mark Simmons, you'll see where he he's had he talks about he tweets about where his joke is in a book or it's in it's mm. in, in a, a meme. Meme. <laughs> <laughs> it's meme. It's meme. It's, it's meme. Meme. The French meme. That's an excellent callback to episode two. <laughs> but it's in a meme, and and uh, he doesn't he doesn't get credit for it, and that that would like. 
I wouldn't have the work ethic or the discipline to be a one-liner comedian, but I think you're always going to have that vulnerability. Yeah, because it, it can just feel like like a, a pub joke almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and, they, and anyone can tell, in a way, anyone can tell them. Anyone, anyone them, can so tell them, anyone can take them, you know? Yeah. What do you think of that uh, Pressure Principle book anyway? That's good. It? It's good, isn't it? It's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting just to see how uh, the things that sports people have to go through any aspect very of similar any aspect of performance yeah, is yeah. so similar to you know anything any any sort of creative performance as well yeah and the inter- because there's so much money in sport they're they're investing a lot more money in mm-hmm. in that yeah. than anyone else is, you is know it, what? it actually made me feel like this it made me feel like good in a way like our stakes are lower quite often oh yeah 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 like and you can come back and you can you can do two shows a night three shows you can like come back and you know a sports person doesn't get to go back on the pitch again. No, when the game's finished, they're waiting another. And and the whole idea of always trying to replicate the big game, mm. even when it's not you know that that thing he had with the English football team where he made them take the penalties by walking from the halfway line. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, really good. That like you mimic the the actual feeling of uh, walking uh, down. Okay, yeah, yeah. The loneliness if you miss, and yeah, not just like knocking in with, with these like. Knocking. So you'd be now going into the comedy cellar, like going, <laughs> it's the store. This <laughs> is <laughs> it. <laughs> This is it down in the basement in Covent Garden. <laughs> but you know, actually, I, I, mean, I want to ask you about this because that there is one big difference about mimicking the big game. Yeah. Which is we have to train. So like a footballer gets to like train yeah. you know, away and then they have any game against any team, try and make it the big game in your mind or whatever. And we have to do our practicing on stage. Yeah. So the new, like the new material gigs yeah do not yeah but yeah absolutely new material gigs don't count but if you're going to if you're going to a gig with 50 people um i guess the big thing i got from it was it's very simple but on the when you do have the big gigs Mm. don't do anything new like so he said like a big mistake people make in sports is they're in a final the occasion gets better they think they need to do something a bit extra a bit special that they haven't done before but that's not like you win finals by doing what you're good at doing, mm. you know, and I think that's oh, I t- hugely helpful. Huge and, and hugely helpful. I think once you make that, um, I think when you first first start, you're so obsessed with new material. Yeah, you're so obsessed with the, the idea of like, oh my god, I can write a new thing. And da, 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 da. I think it takes a little while just to get to the point where like you take your, a, an element of ego away, I guess, and be like, right, well, this is the first time I'm doing this gig, or it's a bigger gig, or whatever it is. I'm just gonna do what works and there's nothing there's yeah nothing. yeah just, and, th- and that's hard enough in yeah. a way like the last and, and imagine it happens to some people like you could be going to like your first big four or five hundred people gig and in your mind you're thinking might do a bit ad-libbing tonight <laughs> you know what I mean and you've never ad-libbed do you know what I, you know it might yeah. do a bit of crap. like so you do go thinking because I'm going to do something a bit different that I've never done but that's completely the wrong approach oh yeah absolutely like yeah you've got to do what got you there yeah yeah yeah, absolutely, yeah. stick with that focus on that um, just before we go, there is like one thing I, de- I desperately do want to get your opinion on. Yeah. Which is the um, Musk potentially. Re- oh, putting Trump back on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Just just before we go, would love to know your thoughts. Um, do you think he'll do it? I think he will. I think he will. Yeah. I think yeah. he will. Um, ah, look at like my take on 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 billionaires is <laughs> <laughs> they're all dickheads, right? Yeah. But they're very good at marketing themselves to make you think they're not a dickhead. But if mm-hmm. you are a public billionaire, yep. you have to be a dickhead. Like you can't, you know, you can't get into that position without being a dickhead. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think they're all very good 
at convincing us they're not dickheads. Yeah. But every so often something happens that you re- like, you know, you easily you could have looked at Mark Zuckerberg for years and been like, he seems all right. But then you saw him when he was being grilled in the Congress. Yeah. And yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. he's a he's a Dickhead. Sociopathic dickhead. But it, but it, but it, like it, it should be obvious all the time. But they are spending a lot of money trying to convince yeah. you they're not dickheads. Yeah. And 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 Musk is a proper dickhead. <laughs> like like you say, just because <laughs> like he is. Because you can't be that guy. You can't be that guy. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if I woke up tomorrow and I sold a, a business for three hundred million, I would never work again. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't fucking. I wouldn't iron a shirt again. <laughs> I wouldn't fucking hoover. I would do nothing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I would just and and th- these are people who are like they're not they, they don't re- react like that. No, exactly. Like the, the, the idea that you invent PayPal, become a billionaire, right? This now means I have to have three other yeah. companies that also they um, all they all want to be world ruler. They all yeah. want to be. That's like the that's their drive. Like. Zuckerberg doesn't he? He sees himself like David Anthony, the Roman Emperor, mm-hmm. or something like. Uh, who the f- I don't know who the fuck Musk think he is. Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, 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 like superhero <laughs> kind of guy. Yeah. Um, the free. I think the free speech thing. I do think the free speech thing is very interesting, and I do think it's getting more and more interesting because, like, a lot of the uh, debates we are having about free speech, I think, are the wrong debates. I do think the free speech is being curtailed mm. in the world. And I do think it's been curtailed because I do think China is growing in power and China does not believe in free speech. Mm. They absolutely yep. do not believe in free speech. And I do think there's an element of manipulation in that we are having debates about curtailing free speech mm. from a benevolent point of view. But I do think they are slightly orchestrating that. So you're saying Elon Musk is a Chinese agent and he's going to get everyone so riled up? No, no. Well, Musk is actually, he's going the opposite way. Like he said, he's going to defend, yeah. you know. Um, but it, the, 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 like, I think some of the defense of free speech is against the rise of China. But it's always branded as being the defense of bullying. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's a defense against the biggest bully in the world, right. <laughs> the Chinese Communist The Chinese Communist Party are the biggest bullies in the world. Yeah. Like, they're proper bullies. Yeah. Like, if you live in China and you say something against them, they will throw you in jail. Like, they are proper, proper bullies. Like, yeah. they're, not, you know, and, and free speech is not something that they want. No, and they're they, very like, openly. Very open about it. They yeah. do not want the truth of who they are. They're very open about that they're expanding. They're very open about they're spending money, creating their story and all of this. Mm. They, they tell you all of this. And yet all the debates about free speech are not about is China curtailing free speech? They're all about we need to curtail free speech as a defense against bullies. But indirectly, we are doing something that is in favor mm. to the biggest bully. Mm. Mental. <laughs> <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah. like it is so so you know when Elon Musk starts talking about he's going to defend speech speech our first instinct is like 
he's a chauvinistic dickhead who wants to protect the patriarchy and he's sexist and he's mm. racist and all these type of things. But in his mind, he might be thinking, I'm doing it because I'm... So I agree with that completely. Yeah. So like, it's hard to know which where he's coming from. So there's a, there was a TED Talk a few years ago by a historian and economist called Niall Ferguson. Oh, I know the guy, yeah. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. and he said like the West has like seven killer apps, like seven killer things that makes Western democracy has helped it. One of the big things was free speech. One of the big things was the ability to criticize a government. Yeah enables um innovation it enables creativity it enables um a security within the nation and if you get rid of it that's a big um hindrance because you what you what we don't have in these in our sort of countries is the authoritarian streak yeah that, so we don't have that replacement for it um i'm just not even sure like other than the other than the ideological thing of putting trump back on twitter i'm not even sure it matters that much like there's only like 20 percent of the u.s population use it He'll get way more. Yeah. If you think, because a lot of people, you know, in the New York Times, The Guardian, be like, well, he'll be able to influence the US election. So if you don't think Donald Trump's going to be on Fox News and then reported on CNN every single day in the run up to the next American election, like, of course he is. Whether, like, it's whether true. I, would, I wouldn't put him back on. I wouldn't put, like, it, it, wouldn't it, put him no, back. no, no, I wouldn't put him back on. Like, it, it's, it's, so it's a, it's a very, like, there's always the middle. Do you know what I mean? I'm very, mm. like, I think we all we're we're so binary in our thinking. It's always like free speech or oh. no free speech. Yeah, yeah. But actually, no. There's a whole fucking bit in the middle. Do you know what I mean? Like you protect free speech. You you know you 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 have a good media that's independent that can question the government. Um, if a guy's a demagogue, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I mean, and I'm to be honest, I'm not okay with like Twitter's yeah. bylaws and stuff. So I don't I don't yeah. know like what specific things he broke that, yeah. and I don't really he care. He incited a, a disturbance. Yeah, he <laughs> said <laughs> somebody capital. Was that was did he get banned before that, didn't he? No, that was that was that was what he got banned for. I don't know if that was the reason they banned him, but that he he yeah. was on all of them up until then. That was that was the big that was the, the, that was the big the thing that fairly major. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think broader than that though, he'll just he'll be such a big political force in the run up to the next election, regardless of whether he's on Twitter or not. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about him is when you read American politics, is like he. He actually, all the stuff he did was he just slotted in with what the Republicans were doing anyway. Mm. Because there was Republicans qu like questioning the results of elections in states before he did yeah. it nationally. Yeah, yeah. So he, like, he, he didn't invent this. Like, the Republicans, they're like... They're like the DUP in Northern Ireland. Like they're basically they've, they've spent hundreds of years saying they're all for democracy, and now that they're in a situation where they're going to lose the game of democracy, yeah, they no longer want to play the game of democracy. Yeah, do you know what I mean? They're like, um, and it's it's scary and it's dangerous. Like, that, but that's what's happened. Like, so the that was a, I can't remember the name of the come the guy's name. The Republican, pretty prominent Republican senator, recently said. Democracy is not an essential aspect of. Oh yeah, they, they're moving America. away. They're moving because they've looked at the figures, and you got like some, you know, some of these states where um, black people are starting to outnumber white people, so they will, they will lose. If in the, in the, it's, it's completely the same as Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland is probably the easiest way to look at it. And Northern Ireland was designed for a Protestant majority to rule, and mm. uh, now the Catholics have surpassed them, and now, now suddenly. They're no longer interested in yeah. democracy, and that's ex that's exactly what's happened in the, in the southern states of America. Yeah, they do like everything was about freedom and democracy, and now suddenly you are no longer going to win that game. We need to play a new yeah, game. Yeah, America. It's a really clever marketing yeah. trick. Like American values are more important than democracy. Than democracy. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. it's utter yeah it's utter bullshit. Like it's it's 
you know, it's it's like when you, I suppose you play poker with someone and they're winning and they're all about the rules and then you start winning and then they're like... Beginners looking at just look, you know, just, it's, it's a game like, of yeah, looks, yeah, game yeah, of, yeah. yeah. They, yeah. Need, they need a slap. <laughs> <laughs> someone get Will Smith the Congress. <laughs> That's what we need. Big Willie Styles. But it makes sense that they would be like that too. Of course though. it does. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it just... Oh God! Like, where do you start with with that kind of what? mentality? Like, yeah, I mean, probably not going to solve American politics on this. No, no, no. But it, but the other side of it too is, the, you know, I, I, I when people say we've never been more divided and we and and cancel culture and all these kind, mm. all none of it's new. Like, we're always on, we always feel like we're on the pre- precipice of. If you read any history, everyone yeah. always feels like we're on the oh yeah the, the edge of everything collapsing and we just kind of muddle along. Like. It's your frame of reference check. You had yeah. a frame of reference you grew up with. Yeah. A frame of reference changes and you feel like, oh, that that my old frame of reference is going away. So therefore everything's going away. It's going away. But everything's actually exactly Just shifting a little bit to the every everything's always exactly the same, really. Yeah. Which is reassuring. It is reassuring. You know. Yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel I feel like I desperately, just desperately want to see one of your magic tricks now. Is yeah. there anything on YouTube we can find? Uh, literally removed everything uh, and the final of the Spain's Got Talent because of the IP address. You cannot watch it from So, the did you come? F- you didn't win it. I didn't win it. Did you come second? Uh, no, I just, um, they did like the so we reached the final and at the end it's just, just three and I wasn't in this three. So. And in the Spain's Got, is there a Simon Cowell kind of character? Is there, there is like, an even worse one called worse. Risto. He's like with sunglasses and he's super mean to people. Super. And he, he just told me that he, he liked the magic trick, but he didn't like how he was dressed because <laughs> at that time I was 15 years old. And he was like, you shouldn't be dressed like you, a You did it when you were 15? Yeah. Jesus yeah, yeah. Christ. Wow. Yeah, I look very young. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'll, I'll show you the video uh, in a second. And do you know the man, like, it makes sense that you're doing comedy. Mm. You look at my life. When I was, like, my life doesn't make any sense that I'm doing comedy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Well, it doesn't really, like, because I've no background in any, you know, Mm. I, was, I didn't get on a stage. So but like, that doesn't mean anything. You, like yeah. sometimes you just check uh, your history, uh, like your hero's background to be like, do I have something in, in common? common? So yeah, I'm gonna yeah, make. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to. Like every person has its different history, yeah. like story. It's just like you will have to build yours. Yeah, true. true. That's it. How how deep is this? Tal- talented and wise. <laughs> Good at producing, this handsome behind there. I think so. I think that that's something that helped me a lot was my therapist. Right. Yeah. I Does everybody, you know, comedians are always going on, but you said it earlier on my therapist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Saying, Does yeah. everyone act? I'm like, do people really have fucking therapists? <laughs> are, are they talking about their mother or something? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I've... How the fuck can everyone afford therapists? Like, they're, fa- they're expensive, aren't they? It's an investment yeah. and it's w- definitely worth it. Fucking hell. Yeah. And also, if you get one, like, if you get a, like, a, cheap one or like mid like for example for me i pay in euros and it's 35 a session so it's very very cheap yeah mm. but uh if you pay like maybe 45 quid or 50 quid if you do like three a month that's yeah. enough it's 150 that if you think like the drinks you take like you can take in a pub or whatever yeah that's the end of the month like what you spend and it's a huge investment that it's definitely worth it. I'm starting to get a chip on my shoulder that I don't have a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> you and uh, you, you, you and Michael May should talk. He's got a really funny bit about that. having a, yeah. a therapist. No, he, like not having a therapist. He's like, he he's, does have a therapist. No, no, he was saying he doesn't. He's saying like, he's like he's got this good bit about like he's the only guy in comedy who doesn't have one. 
second. Dean join him. Join Michael. Yeah. Well, that was grand. We're all done. That's great. We're all done, right? Yes. That's been yeah, another episode probably. of Having the Crack. <laughs> <laughs> Covered a lot. Cheers, Serge. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Well, that flew by. <laughs>